With Jack Flaherty, spring training is well underway. So first of all, what was it like for you to come into spring training, not coming off of a rehab, having a situation to get your body in shape and ready to go without having to worry about anything else but pitching? It felt good, especially mentally, just being able to come in and you know, know what expectations are, know what you know we're looking for, and be able to be healthy and you know come in and be able to contribute. Not kind of not watching things was was a big difference and a and a big step forward. But also just you know it it helped with the off season workouts and training, just being able to be in shape and not worry so much about trying to rehab anything, just worrying about being in shape, ready to go. More less thinking and more just playing. I mean, sometimes guys can get in that rut where they overthink situations, whether it's mechanics or approach, the whole nine yards. It seems like, my words, not yours, that you come in with just a free and easy approach and just going out and doing the things you were accustomed to doing before you started to get hurt. Yeah, it's felt pretty free and easy, you know, just intera- first from interacting with the guys, being around them, and then to pitching as well has just been, uh, you know, it's been a lot of emphasis on doing things that when I do them right, make me good uh you know little things from strike one commanding fastball things i've been able to do pretty well so far trying to stay out of three ball counts um and just attack guys you know if, if things happen early they happen early in in those counts so you know the more action you get early you know sometimes those balls get hit at guys sometimes they don't but kind of allows you to go deeper in the game with lower pitch count yeah, that's interesting. You talk about getting ahead in the count, and that's something we kind of overlook because you start pitching behind this league, all of a sudden it's an eight pitch, nine pitch at bat, and next thing you know, you have 60 pitches on your arm before you know it. Is that something you wanted to really focus on, pounding it inside, trying to make sure you get that first pitch strike? I think it's something that is just, again, emphasis on things that I, you know, when I do them well, do the little things well, um, I'm a better pitcher. And so for me, it's you know those are those are just the simple things and if, if you can do the simple things right everything else will take care of itself you start getting ahead of guys get them on their heels execute pitches uh, you know more times you get ahead better spot you're going to be in more times you end up behind you're just you're giving them you know the ability to to get more of their ace swings off and you know in comfortable counts and then the more pitches they see the more they you know they get to adjust you kind of want to get some guys in and out of there like you know here it is strike one strike two and for you know it doesn't feel like, you know, when guys are in slumps, they kind of feel like every count's 0-2, and you want to make them feel that way. Like, oh, it's, it's already 0-2 before you even know it. You know, for, for you, working with Wilson Contreras, it seems like you guys already have a synergy working. I've watched you in bullpens with him. I've watched you in a couple of games, and even talking to him. And he's enjoying trying to be on the same page with you and vice versa. Yeah, I just, it's been pretty, easy. you know, you know, we talk on days where, I'm not pitching and he's not catching and just watching the games and then we talk on you know on the side all the time so you know he's been real good really easy to communicate with just in terms of you know watching and learning and uh you know it's it's always fun trying to get on page with somebody else and you know we've we've had some you know obviously had yad and we've had kids for a little bit here now but we've had guys come in and out and when weeders came in pena a bunch of different guys so you you, you figure out how to build those uh relationships you know for you um, when you look at this team you're one of the elder statesmen now man you can you can I, well no I thought I saw a gray hair it had popped up yet but bottom line is I look at Wayno, I look at you I look at Michaelis that's it I mean you guys are the elder statesmen now how has that crept up on you in the manner that it has because it wasn't that long ago you were just this bright-eyed pup showing up in San Francisco it's still I still feel young though like 
still feel young even being around these guys, but then you start re recognizing like their age and, you know, I'm 27 now, so it's different, but I've realized that how long I've been here, like with this organization is, is kind of, is crazy. You know, for me, it's just being able to play baseball and, you know, trying to do it as long as I can. So, you know, being here and, you know, especially now with Wayno and Miles not here at the WBC, kind of more eyes on me, more, uh, more just, uh, you know, controlling things and the way things, you know, the things, way people go about their business and, um, you know, being able to, you know, set the standard and kind of be a leader is, is you know, it's been a different experience, but it does, does creep up on you. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, okay. You know, it's just year six and you don't really realize it because it's just one day at a time. That's, that's, all, that's all you can do. And so you just, you know, everything is earned and, and you just got to enjoy it. Now, as I mentioned, you're an elder statesman now. What do you think of these pups that you're now trying to mentor? Uh, I, it's, it's crazy being in this position and, like, thinking back to being there and, you know, having guys like Waka around and, you know, trying to learn from them. You know, they're, they're eager to ask questions and learn. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it reminds me of you know, how I was. And I mean, I still, that's still the same way. I still ask questions. I probably ask Wayne on the same questions every spring training because I forget the answer to certain <laughs> things. Uh, but it's nice seeing the, seeing these guys ready to learn and and uh, just you know it it, it, it it makes you feel good that, that they want, they want to get better what what advice do you give or what and also what was the advice you got for the question you asked is there one common thing that you hear young kids say that you were asking at the same point in your life I think that it's something that I've said a lot but it's just being able to do the little things right you know there's a lot of times that we want to complicate things or, you know, think we got to do, do more because we get hit around here. You know, we give a hit here, a hit there, a home run. We have, you know, one bad outing. And it's just being able to bounce back and trust. You know, you got to be able to bounce back and trust yourself. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel if you have a bad outing. It might be one small change here. It might be one small change there. It might be, hey, it's, it's one of those days. You know, you got to mentally move on and move forward and remember what makes you good. But sometimes it's just you may have thought you did well and then you go back and look at it and you realize you know I was behind a lot more than I was so it's doing the little things right so for me what are you know I, I have to do the little things that make me good and so for players it's understanding what makes them good what are the little things that make them good as opposed to always trying to be someone else you know it's it's you get guys like Ryan Helsley and Jordan Hicks throwing 100 plus like it'd be fun to do that I don't so I got to work with what I got and, you know, work with what makes me good. And I think these guys continue to learn yourselves. It's, it's the same thing. You are one of the more detailed pitchers I, I watch. And you may have a game tomorrow, but you are already preparing some way, somehow, two or three days beforehand leading up to that first pitch. Is that something you've always done? Um, it's just been more and more as you start to go through some struggles a little bit. It teaches you to be more detailed and more prepared you know some you know favorite things that I hear all the time is that confidence comes from preparation so I know that if I do everything I can in those days leading up to it if I do everything I can in the off season and then you know I do everything I can those days one through four I know that come day five I've done everything possible to be prepared from my body you know mentally um, to game planning to where on day five, it's just go out and pitch. And I have to have the confidence that I've done everything I can. And not, you know, thinking, oh, did I do this or do that? Did I, did I game plan enough for this? Like, I didn't go out and understand, like, I've done enough at this point. It just comes out to pitching and whether or not I execute or not. And then at that point, you know, it's just one of two options. When once you 
pitch comes out of your hand, either it's a ball or a strike, and you know they hit it or they don't. It's not, you know, it's and you're gonna you're gonna have another pitch to throw, you know, now 30, you know, 15 to 30 seconds later, depending on what happens, and it's moving on to the next one, not not weighing too much on the previous pitch. And you have to have, I would assume, selective memory. You hang a slider, he hits it over the fence. You can't worry about where it ended, but you do want to remember how you face a guy the next time you see him. You have to have a little bit of a, a good memory, but a selective memory, like you said. Um, just remembering remembering certain things about certain players. You know, you hang a slider here, you got to have a selective memory in, in that you got to move on to the next guy. But you want to remember enough to remember that guy and be like, okay, I know what he hit. And I'm, you know, just I'm not making that mistake again. Yeah. Pretty simple. So you, you got to be able to move on to the next pitch and move on quickly. Otherwise, you know, one one run turns into a you know four or five spot. Next, you know, you're out of the game if you dwell on it, or it carries over to the next inning because you're still thinking about that one, and maybe you get out of the inning before. So you uh, you got to find ways to move on. Pitch clock is that a plus for you? Where from if nothing else, you don't have to stand out there and think too much. Where you get it, you have a game plan. You pitch it compared to kicking the dirt and the rising bag. You know, we've seen guys, when they don't have a plan B, they kind of struggle a little bit. What about you and how you've approached the pitch clock? It's it's caused, like, processing things to happen a lot quicker and knowing information happening to happen a lot. So <clears throat> from that standpoint, it's good. I think, you know, it's a little a little fast at certain points. And when you start getting runners on um, or, you know, in between innings, sometimes it, it speeds up a little bit. But... It's nice having hitters get in the box and you know not kind of waiting around and then you know a guy call, getting in the box and calling time as you start going because you know he's not ready. But it's it's been nice having hitters get in the box and be able to keep a little bit of a pace and a rhythm. You know, for you, uh, your walk here, free agent. I know a lot's been said about it. you. You haven't said anything. You just want to go out and pitch and just and just play. For listeners, one of the things I like love to dispel is the fact this is the only organization you've ever known. And I know what you think of it, and I know what the organization thinks of you. First option is looking at St. Louis when you when that time comes. And are you open to talking during the season? Yeah, I mean, look, you want to go out and win a ring. You know, you got a bunch of guys here who haven't experienced that. You know, the, the organization itself has a history of winning. Um, but, you know, I haven't done it since 2011. And, I know Wayne wants to go out with one. We didn't. We didn't get that done last year. You know, put that part of that on me, um, just with the way things went. But got a lot of guys that are. Everybody's here to win. You know, but you got a lot of guys who haven't haven't done it. I don't. You think about guys in in there. Uh, it's a very. I can't even think of very many guys who have won it. I mean, Wayne. I don't think Willie was on that Cubs team, but otherwise, you got a lot of guys that that haven't. And so it's. It's been a little. It's been a little bit. So, you know, go out win this year and let everything else that take care of itself from there. Um, yeah. You can't overthink that element. You just have to go out and do what you do. That's. If we go in a ring, everything else will take care of itself. You go out and win, everything will take care of itself. All right. Final question for you. Um, we'll, we'll switch gears here a little bit. As you know, if most of our listeners know, you and I are NBA fans, and also college basketball fans. So, give me your thoughts. Where we headed NBA wise? And also, give me your thoughts on this tournament because 
Rick Hummel and I were talking about this the other day. There's as many as 20, 25 teams that could win this thing because nobody knows who anybody is because of the portal and people moving around. you got some teams now with some big injuries. You look at what happened to UCLA. So give me your thoughts on where we're headed with this. Well, at least with the NBA, it's it's it was interesting. You know, you get the Durant trade, and then he gets you know, the fortunate injury. Um, Golden State's starting to get healthy. Uh, you look at the guy, your teams out west. You got to do. You know, there's a lot of things going on with you know what's going on with Jaw and him being away from the team for right now. You know, Memphis was one of those teams that you know I looked at and I was like, okay, they. they I think this is the year they get out the west, and now it's kind of uncertain because the west is completely up for grabs. You know, Denver's the one seed, but you know what goes on with you know teams are just attacking Jokic right now when it comes to defensively. They they're the one seed, but I, it's not that's not the most dominant one seed you've seen you got teams like you know Golden State starting to get healthy um, the Lakers finally added some pieces and you know they're two games out of being like the sixth seed and getting out of a play-in um, they're playing well without without Braun which I think you know surprises a lot of people but they're they're playing well together so West is wide open and then out east I mean you know you got Embiid who's single-handedly dominating out there him and MVP I, I would say so. Yeah. I, I think that you know they keep writing all this stuff about Jokic and is it already done and this and that and I I think that Embiid's getting a really discredited in what he's doing and same with Giannis especially because they both do it on both ends and what Embiid's been able to do is I mean just look at the numbers but you know team wise you got you got Boston you got the you got Milwaukee and those two got to be. They look like they're on a collision course for uh, for a big one. So I mean, those are the two teams out east, and who knows from there. And then with the, with the tourney, just looking into it, the last couple of days, UCLA's got you know some injuries that it's that's going to hurt them. You know, you wanted to say Kansas was the number one overall seed, and then Texas kind of put it on them. Texas is dangerous. You got a bunch of teams that are that are dangerous. You say twenty teams, yeah, more like eight, but. It's gonna be. It's either gonna be real chalk, or it's gonna be a lot of just very interesting things going on. And then you know, Duke Duke's gonna be a four or five seed that is playing really, really well. And I don't. I, I don't know. I'm committed to Carolina, so I don't like saying that. But that you know, they're playing really, really well. Um, but Houston's Houston saw Houston's like. And and that Final Four is being played in Houston, so you know they want to get there and get it done. I they they might be my pick to to get it done between them as well as my buddy yesterday them texas kansas purdue duke um bam will be good they aren't on my list to to get it done but those those teams um and then there's some teams i don't you don't really know what to make of i don't really know what to make of ucla and arizona arizona's still barely beating ucla ucla's not fully healthy so Arizona's good, UCLA's good. UCLA's dealing with injuries, but Arizona can barely get by UCLA with, with all the injuries UCLA's dealing with, and it just kind of makes you wonder about them. Um, you know, you got you guys like Gonzaga's going to be in there. Um, what do they got? You know, they were preseason top five. Then you have a Purdue, you have some Big Ten teams. Again, I think this thing is so wide open this year that I can't I can no longer look at the name on the front of the jersey because of the tradition because everybody's made so many different moves and coaching and you have coaches now who finally realize what they have as a team because with that portal 
messed a lot of teams up and they didn't know who could do what. Now they kind of know maybe they shorten the bench or maybe they're longer than they thought they were. But I, I just really feel that's why this thing is just so wide open. Yeah, I, I put my four teams as, as Houston, Kansas, Purdue. Um, I, I think those three teams are above the rest and then like Texas is interesting but they're gonna they, they're gonna run into a night where they don't shoot the ball that well and then uh and then Duke on on the outside and, and there's some there's somebody else in there that I'm missing I know you said Bama I you know I, I'm not gonna I can't I can't pick Bama just because of just because of my guy Robert Rory I can't do it can't do it I hope that you know, it's just fun to to let them know they didn't they didn't get it done. So Robert Horry, I have this debate all the time, and I know he's a personal friend. A guy who's won that many rings, shouldn't there be a place for him in the Hall of Fame? Even though his numbers aren't you know like double doubles, but at the end of the day, there's something in common with him in championships. Hey man, I got two close friends of mine that should be in the Hall of Fame. One being Robert or Robert should 100% be in the in the NBA Hall of Fame, and dude's got seven rings, some of the biggest shots ever. You can't tell NBA history without Robert Ory. And then another one in, in baseball, Kenny Lofton, should 100% have been in the Hall of Fame. I'm hoping he gets in on whatever this secondary stuff is. But uh, those are two of my guys um, that should absolutely be in. But, yeah. yeah. You know what? We can get into that Hall of Fame debate some other time. But I've I've always felt like – if you're going to put a guy in, you had to at least see him play. I don't think you can just go by numbers on a guy, especially baseball, and say, well, his war was this, so he's either in or out. I think if you if you cover the guy, then your vote should mean more than a guy who just pulled his name off of baseball reference. Yeah, absolutely. But you you got to have seen it. You know, Kenny was one of those guys that was unbelievable. I mean, he's, how many times you get a guy who's a 298 career hitter was – Handful of hits away from being a 300 career hitter. Heads, I don't know how many gold gloves he has, but he had led the league in stolen base a couple times. Like, you know, it, it, the Hall of Fame thing is, is interesting, but what he can do is go out and play. And I know both of them are like, yeah, you know, I did what I did. And he's like, I'm, they both know what kind of players they were. So I'm, I'm, and they can sleep good at night knowing that. Exactly. Hey, man, it's always good to visit with you. Let's have fun this year. And I look forward to talking to you a few times, but certainly I look forward to talking to you late October, early November in the clubhouse. Always, Clubs.